and welcome to another episode of the Semi and Lauren podcast, where it is a good day if we do not eat shit food. For the past three years, I have been gigging, like singing, and oh, I've got no words. I can't put any words in there. My heart feels like it just lights up. Like I love it. It is one of my most favorite things in the world to do. We had a gig, I think it might have been about six months ago, and it was out at Clermont. So of course, before I go to any gig, I always do a big workout because we don't get a chance. We just hit the ground running as soon as we get there. So I did a massive workout, got in the car, didn't shower because I knew that we had to set up and that takes around three or four hours. Set up, went to have the fastest shower, realized I hadn't packed any spare knickers. Well done me. Had to put those knickers back on, didn't have time to wash them, dry them, nothing like that, nothing wonderful like that. Gigged for four hours. For anyone who's seen me gig, just so you know, like I go hardcore. Like I don't just sit back and everyone does this small clap. I am like that energizer bunny. Like because I love it. I love it so much. And my ADHD fully gets to come out on stage and you get to deliver the songs because that's exciting. That's exciting to watch. We're entertainers. It's a privilege that we get to be up there. So I, of course, did that for four hours. Then we packed up, which takes around another three hours because we have so much equipment. It's all so heavy. It's a workout in itself. And then the family said to us, beautiful family, come, come and sit down and have some dinner. It was sort of one o'clock in the morning. And I was like, hell to the yes, because I was so hungry. So I sit down and their dog, Winston, he was like this little white, I don't know what he was. But anyway, obviously, obviously Winston caught wind of my fanny. <laughs> I shouldn't, like, I'm not saying, like, I suffer from smelly fanny, but anyone, anyone who would have lived a day like that, yeah, don't try and tell me that you have, like, a fanny that smells like perfume, and if you do, you need to do a workout. (laughs) I heard, I think it was Amy Schumer, she said once that if she knows she's going to get some action, that she really cleans so well down there and it still smells like a small farm animal. <laughs> so, this little dog Winston comes from across the flat, dead set, jammed his head that hard into my badge. <laughs> I almost jumped out of my chair. I'm trying to hold up my food. My partner at the time, he's trying to eat his food, but he knows exactly what's happening because he's obviously been with me through all of this. <laughs> He couldn't even eat his food. Like he was laughing so hard because he knew what this dog was trying to do. And like Winston's like trying to get a good waft while he's like humping the air. It was just awkward for everyone. I was the only female there. The owner was like trying to pull this dog off me. And we're all trying, <laughs> everyone's trying to downplay it. Like, wow, smelly fanny much? <laughs> I thought I'd start with that story because I feel like it's so important. That for all of my boot campers, and for anyone that I come into, like who comes into my life, that they should feel so comfortable with where they're at, their thought patterns, everything that's fucked up. And like when terrible, like that's not terrible. I mean, I don't even know where to go with that story, but it doesn't matter what happens is that you can make a joke about it and you can get through it. Like that obviously wasn't a traumatic experience. It was just a hit, you know, it was embarrassing. <laughs> I want all of my boot camps to feel so comfortable with me even if I have to put myself out there and tell these very wonderful stories which brings me to the point of this podcast and that is I recently have been feeling anxious now I've never suffered from anxiety really in my life like I've definitely felt anxious like you know I would say to people oh I'm feeling anxious like I have a bit of anxiety no 
I don't know if I've had anxiety ever now based on the feelings that I've recently have had. I have I can't even put words on it. It it's like my legs and my arms tingle. My stomach feels like this pit of doom, like the world's going to end. My throat closes up, like I almost feel like I can't breathe. And these emotions just come over me just so unexpectedly. And I am a big believer in, in thoughts and the actions that you take and thought patterns and bettering yourself and looking at the world in such a positive perspective and always up leveling up leveling what can I do better what can I do better and this anxiety is just coming out of nowhere like I just sometimes I'll be thinking about what the dogs are going to have for dinner and it just comes out of nowhere and I've recently had like a big life event I very unfortunately broke out with my partner and that circumstance for anyone is is horrible like a breakup of any relationship is terrible so bad I have heard people say or my girlfriend many years ago said she read a book and said that you grieve like you grieve for a death I mean obviously not the death of a child but maybe like your neighbor or something like it's sad not to like I don't know how close the death is but it is it is a horrible thing to go through so that and a few other things as well and this anxiety is coming out of nowhere and I had to run my class. So this anxiety came out of nowhere and I had to run my class today. I have a 9.30 class and I just wanted to cancel it because I would have preferred to curl up in a ball and die in my bed. But I personally believe in purpose. Like I truly think that every human being has a reason for existing. And I believe that my purpose is like I love women. So I love groups of women and inspiring them to become like I hate how cliche this sounds, but to become the best versions of themselves. I hate that sounds so cliche, but to do that, they have to have a fantastic mindset. You know, they have to build, uh, well, they have to exercise to start with. Everyone has to exercise and eat well. And I want to be the inspiration for them to get some there. So I truly believe that's my purpose. Yes, it sounds like it sounds pathetic because you're like, why aren't you saving the starving children of Africa? Everyone has a different purpose. And each of them is so important. So yes, I do believe my purpose is running exercise classes. And because of that, I had to push through this feeling that it's bullshit. Holy, it's terrible. And I also knew the anxiety was going to help my exercise. So but uh, the anxiety was going to help my exercise. The exercise is going to help my anxiety. Before I even did my class, I tried to calm down. I did a 5K run. But even when I got to my class... And this is why I told the story about Winston is that I love delivering this raw version of myself where I turned up and one of the girls said, obviously I looked, I looked sad and I'm a very dramatic person too. Like, it's not like I pretend too much. Like I'm, I'm a pretty open book. And she said, are you okay? And I did start crying because you know, when someone says those words to you, are you okay? And you're just like, well, now that you mention it, <laughs> I would like to die in a hole. But we had a workout to get through. So while I was sort of crying and I was just looking at the ground and I was showing them the, the exercises that they had to do, it, it, was, it was so challenging. It was so challenging. But you do it. And even though it wasn't the best version of myself that turned up, it was the best version of myself that turned up. And that means something. This raw version or I hate that saying, just do your best. Well, sometimes... 
your best is fucking just getting to a class a mental wreck like that's your best in that moment and I love being so open about that and I'm grateful that I get to experience this pain because number one one day it's going to be over one day the all of these emotions and this anxiety it's going to pass so I'm hoping that's what I'm hoping or I'm presuming that if I'm exercising during this fucking terrible time no it's not terrible I shouldn't I shouldn't say it's that I'm carrying on like I've lost my firstborn son, which I haven't. But if I can get through this with exercise and have handled it a little bit stronger than if I didn't exercise, then that's like full kudos. And, you know, another reason why I have this overwhelming anxiety at the moment is there's a few things I haven't overly experienced. And it's, I have been slammed a bit on social media. Like there's a few things that have gone down and... I have been slammed on social media and to me, I don't value, like I value social media. I love it. I love it for my business. I love it for people's kids. Like I love when people post pictures of their kids and their lives and what they're doing. For myself personally, I just think that social media is a place where you pretend to have your shit together. That's what you do. You put up happy stuff and it's a nice place for people to scroll. That's what you do. And anything that's really traumatic for you or if you have a, you know, an issue about something is that you'd either address that person or you'd go and see them face to face. Like, I don't know, but you don't be a keyboard warrior. And, and I've had a few keyboard warriors on social media and, you know, it's neither here nor there for me, but there's been a fair bit of it. And it actually, I actually got so it's, I oh, look at me pausing. I don't even know how to, I'm just going to be honest and say that it, genuinely hurt my heart obviously it was said by people who have meant something to me and my heart broke and I think that people have experienced this and you could get on like I could get on and I could write back all these real nasty things or update my status but you what's the point like what's the point in doing that there's there's no reason in doing that I went to Tony Robbins I always talk about Tony Robbins and he spoke about these stages of like spiritual growth and the first stage is like innocence and all you feel is joy and this is when you're a baby and the second stage is when when you're in a little bit of fear and you realize this is like when you're about a toddler and you realize that if you're good to the people around you that you'll get what you want so you live in a little bit of fear of what's right and what's wrong and there's a third stage and it's a power stage and it's where you have to be in control of everything and just think of like teenagers like kids and teenagers they throw these massive tantrums for whatever they want they start to accumulate their things so they start to get possessions and they start to create a life for themselves that's comfortable so they can feel content in this space now a lot of people they don't leave this stage they don't leave here the next stage is giving when we realize that there's other people around us that matter and we want to do things for them so we want to do things for ourselves but we also want to do things for other people but a lot of people get stuck in this power stage where they think that they're the only thing that exists. They might pretend that they give a shit about other people, but under pressure, they only give a shit about themselves. So under pressure, they throw tantrums. And you know these people, they're like adults. And they throw tantrums, whatever. Now, if you're one of these people, stay off social media. <laughs> just don't. Don't update your status. <laughs> just don't. So that, that's interesting. I might do a whole podcast on that once because there's so much in that. 
I'm going on little tangents here. So I was quite um, hurt by these things. I've been feeling anxious by it because obviously the people who write them mean something to me. And I was listening to a podcast today by a girl called, what's her name? Don't know. I'll get to that. I wrote it down somewhere. But it's called This Buddha Story and it was written by a man called Keith Rosen. And it says, I'll tell you the story. It says, after many days of travel, Buddha arrived at a small town to give a speech. Everyone was happy to see him except one young man. While Buddha spoke, the man was shouting at him. Buddha did not pay attention and continued speaking. This infuriated the man even more. He walked directly in front of Buddha and continued to ridicule him. You have no right to teach others. You're stupid and you're a fake. The crowd began to react to this young man's caustic behavior. I think that's how you say it, caustic behavior. Buddha stopped the crowd from turning against him and said, it's not always necessary to counter aggression by aggression. Instead, he turned to the man and asked, if you buy a gift for someone and that person does not take it, to whom does the gift belong? The man was surprised by the question, thought for a moment and answered, it would belong to me because I bought the gift. The Buddha said, correct. It's the same with your anger. If you become angry with me and I don't feel insulted nor accept your hostility, the anger falls back on you. As it was initially yours to give, you are then the only one who becomes unhappy, not me. And you've all you've done is hurt yourself. So I loved this. I loved that story I heard on a podcast today. And I felt like in that moment I was able to let these mean things go. Well, I hadn't responded to them anyway. But there was a couple of mean things <laughs> that, that I decided to take with me. And one of them was that someone said that <laughs> I was on steroids. And I thought, you know what? That's a backhanded compliment because I train fucking hard. So if someone thinks I look like I'm on steroids, good, because I put a lot of work into this body of mine. So you know what? I thought out of all the comments there, of all the harsh shit, I'm going to take that one. I'm going to take take it as that they think that I'm very muscly, so I'm going to go with that. And, and someone else wrote, um, you have to wonder why she has three kids to two different dads and she's, oh, you have to wonder why she has three kids to two different dads. She's an attractive woman and still single. And I thought, they think I'm attractive. <laughs> because what else can you do? What else can you do? So I'm going to leave the other gifts behind and I'm going to take the gifts that say I'm attractive and muscly. <laughs> because fuck it. What else you got? I'm just going to go with that. So when I got to class, I obviously got there and I started, I started to cry. And... I don't know. Number one, I feel so comfortable around women. Women are just beautiful. They, Women get women. I think it's so important that women spend time together. They're funny, funny creatures. We need each other. We get energy from each other. This, I really value this. So I just burst into tears there. And I said to the girls, it's not because of my breakup. It's not because of the things that have been written across social media, which I know that everyone's seeing at the moment. Cause it's not that I still hold my head high like a boss because you know, shit happens. And then in two weeks, you know, it's old news, but it's that you once loved this person so much, like you loved them so much and you're sad because they don't see the world how you see the world. 
you guys don't have the same values. You don't have the same morals. They're different. And then you're not willing to accept what's different about each other because they're so extremely different. And your heart, like I feel like my heart is literally breaking. You know, people say to me um, things like, and anyone who's been through a breakup, they're like, fuck him, forget them. You know, you're so much better. And you feel like you just have to have this strong mentality about a breakup. But at the end of the day, you're still human. You still gave a shit about that person in the beginning. You still loved them. Maybe you still do love them. And your heart actually breaks because they can't see things the way that you can see things. And that's okay. But it still hurts because you love them. But you see things totally differently. And you also have to get used to like a different way of living. For so many people who have partners, they would ring their partners. Like for me, I used to ring my partner, I reckon easily 13 times a day to say I took a shit. So all of a sudden, you have no one to ring 13 times a day to say you took a shit. Like you don't have that person anymore. And I am getting a lot of anxiety about being on my own. It It is so hard and it's lonely and it's this new space that you have to come to terms with and yeah, I do have three kids, but your partner actually fills a completely different space to what they did. So I have, I feel like I'm getting this anxiety from learning to be by myself. That is hard. I'm going to say it, but I'm going to come back to that. I'm going to come back to that being alone. So if you do feel anxiety or are suffering from anxiety, I was listening to a podcast today. Oh, that's the girl's name, Macy Renee. And she gave this advice on what to do. Now, her advice was aimed towards people who want confidence. But when I was listening to it, I realized you could really apply this when it comes to feeling anxious. If you don't want to feel anxious or if you want to pull up strong throughout all of this anxiety, you know, she gave these fantastic ways of going about it. Or the other examples I had here, if you want to lose weight or if you do want to feel confident, is that. You can't feel confident or you can't feel not anxious without having courage first. So to become confident or to become not anxious, you have to go out and do the things that confident people do. Put yourself out there and that takes courage. That takes so much courage. Like I can give myself full kudos today because I stepped into that room and I was so vulnerable. I was very, very vulnerable crying I could easily have been judged by all this women and if they do judge me that's cool everyone has a right to judge you if they want to it's none of your business I'm about to go on a tangent right now as well yesterday (laughs) someone who I believe is genuinely a lovely person was talking about me and it wasn't in the best context but she was talking about me and she didn't know that I was near her and I had a couple of options there like I could confront her Or I could have a go at it, but I didn't. I actually walked away and not because I don't like confrontation. I love confrontation. But she has a right to feel like that. She doesn't have to like everything that I do. She doesn't have to be my biggest fan. Like I don't care if she wants to be nice to my face and run someone down. Maybe that was her husband. And maybe she just wants to openly say how she truly feels to him. I don't care. It's none of my business. I'm not going to treat her any different. And maybe in two weeks' time, because women are quite... um. You know, like sometimes you just hate something. Sometimes you like something. Sometimes you don't like someone. And then you get to know them and realize that you do like them. Whatever. It wasn't worth like a negative interaction. And then I just kept chatting away to her. And she genuinely is a lovely person. 
and I genuinely love myself and I have no doubt that she too will love me. <laughs> That's a joke. That last bit's a joke. She could possibly think, wow, this girl's really intense. I'm out. So <laughs> you actually have to have courage and be vulnerable to walk into situations when you feel like shit. And that takes so much. But if you do it time and time again. So I've had this feeling of anxiety for a couple of weeks now. And I just keep exercising, keep exercising over the top of it. Probably a little too much, to be honest. I'm probably over-exercising. And not, people say to me, sit with it, deal with the emotions. Now, I don't know what that means. I don't get that. Feel free to explain it to me. They're like, sit with it, feel the emotion. But I, that makes no sense to me. What do you just sit there and just think, wow, today I'm a sad cunt. Like, I, I, don't, I don't understand that. See with that. So I'm probably over-exercising when I feel these emotions start to come up. I really do push to exercise even though it's the last thing that I feel like doing. I know that it's going to give me a better mindset. I know that it's going to make me feel better to be able to conquer things and think a little bit clearer. But I definitely am probably pushing it down a little bit too much with exercise because I woke up at 1 a.m. in the morning and it felt like I was choking it felt like I was choking and I was dry reaching, like my body was trying to open up my esophagus, like my airways to breathe. And that took me about 20 minutes to calm down. Someone said, oh, you had an anxiety attack, but I don't know what that was. <laughs> I made sure that I was up at 4 a.m. the next morning to do hill runs with Lauren after that because that was a bit much. We got to the run and Lauren's not much of an enabler. Like I wish that I had more people around me who bought my sympathy stories and she's definitely not it. So I turned up at five o'clock in the morning. I was like, hey, think like I had an anxiety attack last night. And she was like, oh no, run faster. Like I could, <laughs> which is good because then you don't sit in that story. So that is good. You do need these people in your life, but I also do need my therapist. So you need people to keep you, um, you know, to keep you strong and not let you sit in your own sympathy stories. But you, for me, I need also a therapist because I don't want to get stuck in this cycle either. And I'm going to need some new thinking tools to get out of it along with some exercise. So get uncomfortable, put yourself out there. And if you do it enough times and you practice it enough, eventually you'll become that person that you want to be. So I'll become someone who finds the balance when it comes to anxiety. But right now I have to like navigate my way around this emotion, see my therapist, try new tools, keep exercising, even though I want to die in a hole. Just keep pushing through no matter how hard it is. I had a client say to me today, now I was looking at her when she said this, number one, I don't I don't know what she sees. I don't see her as overly big. But she said to me, I Googled. Now, this she's just starting her fitness journey. She said, I Googled how fat people do burpees. And I was like, what? And she's like, well, I Googled how fat people do burpees. She said, because I struggled to do my burpees. And this was a big eye opener for me. She said, so I Googled how fat people do burpees. She said, you should Google it. And I thought, oh, my gosh. Like, she must have felt so uncomfortable to do that. And I, I'm so glad that she felt so open to tell me that. And I learned something from in that moment because I just explained a burpee. Like everyone should be able to do a burpee. But what about for those people who are putting themselves out there for the first time because they are a fit person or, well, they're going to become a fit person. But until then, they got to find that courage 
to put themselves out there to do the things that a fit person does. And she said, I Googled how fat people do burpees. And I was like, wow, I'm going to Google that. And then I did think it'd be quite funny if anyone went through my search history, <laughs> how do fat people do burpees? So I feel like that really was something in itself, that comment alone this morning. So I thought I would add that. I'm glad, like I said before, I'm glad I get to experience this. I've had times where people have told me that they have anxiety and I have judged them. And I don't know why I continue to have judgment on people. Like, I don't have judgment on people all the time, but there's certain things that I haven't experienced so I don't understand it. And if someone would have said to me, I have anxiety, I would have been like, great story. Like, no one cares. And I know that's so harsh, but I'm not going to come onto this podcast and pretend that I've had my shit together since the day I was born because no, no one's had their shit together. No one's had their thoughts aligned since the day they were born. We all just grow and learn. That's what we do. So I'm glad that I get to have this experience, but I'm right in the midst of it. And I presume that how I'm going about it is going to work. But I sure as fuck I'm not going to judge another person who tells me that they're suffering from anxiety. I'm going to give them a high five for getting to the workout because that alone is an, is an achievement in itself. <laughs> so, yeah. And every time that I have a judgment on someone, I'm telling you, it blows up in my face. Have a good look at the things that have blown up in your face because chances are it's there to teach you a lesson. My girlfriend said to me the other day, I don't want to work out on the grass because the grass sticks to my tail. And I was like, that is fucking dumb. Like that is a dumb excuse. <laughs> and that day or two days later, of course, I was working out and I had like this felt kind of feeling town and every bit of grass stuck to it. And I was like, wow, I really just need to stop. Like, <laughs> I just need to stop. I don't think that God is or the universe is going to pull up until I become just someone who just has no judgment on anything. So... I haven't actually met anyone who's really been able to manage their anxiety with working out. I personally haven't met anyone, but I'm sure that they exist. And this is the, I believe that this is the answer or the way to get there the strongest, like the way to pull through the strongest that you can is by a good exercise, you know, exercising a lot, a good diet. You know, I've really changed my eating just so I can try and keep my thoughts um, positive so I've changed my eating and I've dropped a bit of weight too which has been really good because you know that helps it's it's good if you can like be skinny while your life's falling apart <laughs> but yes I hope to get through it and be able to share with people how I did get through it so oh, I did say before I was going to come back and tell you about my fear of being alone because I am actually, I do have this fear of being alone. I was with my partner for three years um, and before that, like I would say, I was on my own for four years but really I still had people in my life that I was chatting to like Tia's dad, like my daughter's dad, like I still had really close connections with him. I still had someone there and right now like I'm so fortunate that I have a mass like a massive group of friends around me. And I'm so grateful for that. But to actually have someone to fill the void of a relationship is something completely different. And to not have that is very, very challenging. And you have people who say to you, yeah, you should spend some time alone. And that's great. But 
these are people who have got oh this sounds really cruel but I'm going to say it anyway because that's what I do I have word vomit is there like you should be alone and I think well that's great advice coming from you and you're very very happy marriage or they're in a relationship that's completely fucked and they're not leaving it so it's like an overweight person trying to sell me a protein drink I'm not going to drink your fucking protein so even though people say to me yeah you should be alone is it it's hard to take their advice because you just wonder it's like <laughs> I'm just like yeah great chat Karen no one cares so I feel like I'm navigating this too on my own only because I personally don't really know someone who's got kids, financially, you know, very able, strong, mentally set woman, like who has a strong mindset. You know, I, I personally don't know someone like this who can give me advice or to, or to help me. I have to go out and search for this on my own and I'm, I get a lot of anxiety around that. I, it's so like, it's a very challenging time. Like I get in my car and that's the worst time. That's when I used to always ring um, my partner. And now I get in the car and I'm like, hey, mom. But, you know, today she ignored my call because she's had enough. <laughs> Jesus, Julie. So <laughs> I also have these little, I do think uh, I'm jumping from explanation. I'm going on tangents in this podcast but I do have this little salt and pepper shaker set well I used to have this little salt and pepper shaker set and one was blue and one was white it was like these little people and they're like hugging each other because they're in love but the little blue one the little boy he fell off and smashed <laughs> he died he's gone and I've always just had this little white the little lady I think she was the salt shaker she was the salt yeah the salt of the earth <laughs> She she has a salt shaker and she's got her arms up like she's hugging, but there's no one there to hug her. That makes me feel sad. <laughs> but she always sits on the top of my microwave. And I, she's been there for a few years now. And I've definitely felt like I do need to spend some time alone. She's a bit she's a bit symbolic of that. I took a photo of her to go with my podcast of her holding a lighter because I felt like she is me. And while she's like trying to find her place in life, she's going, fuck some shit up. <laughs> so I put that on my bootcamp page to go with this podcast, my little white person with the lighter. Anyway, that's my podcast for today. Dealing with anxiety, the absolute best that you can, finding some courage, digging deep. Oh, and really congratulate yourself along the way for any small steps that you take because... I finally, look, it's a privilege for me to experience this, but it sure is challenging. So I have a lot of empathy for anyone who's going through it. And high five to you if you're managing to get out the door once a day to get some fresh air and lift your chest up and pretend you're confident and happy, even though you don't feel like that. <laughs> so full kudos to you. And just to finish off, I thought I'll start ending my podcast with saying that everyone does have purpose. My whole, um, you know, all my boot camps and everything always being on about purpose. I don't think that anyone's ever here by chance. I think that we all need to honor why we're here, honor the things that make us happy and that you should pursue them and go out and love yourself enough that you know that you have something that you have to give to the world. So go out, figure out what it is and try not to let other people hinder it for you. 
because this is your job. Your job is to go out and live your purpose, even if it is just to be an aerobics instructor because you matter what what you what brings you to life matters and I started reading this book and it's called The Purpose Driven Life by Rick Warren and I personally have a very spiritual belief I have a very spiritual side to me my girlfriend Tammy doesn't she thinks we all just turn to dirt so that's sad Every time we're talking, I'm like, you're my best friend in the whole world. It's going to be so sad when we die and you turn to dirt and I go to heaven. <laughs> but I do have a real spiritual side to me. And I started reading this book. Well, I've read it once before. I'm reading it again. Don't even remember anything I've read. Different phase of my life now. It's called The Purpose Driven Life. And in the first chapter, he writes, you've got reasons for being here that are bigger than you. Something's created you. And it is a Christian book, so it's very God-related. But still read it because whatever you believe in, God, universe, you'll be able to relate it to whatever spiritual beliefs you have. And he says something, something bigger than you has created you for a reason that's bigger than you. And I thought, well, that's true. You know, he wrote, go out and search for what it is. Go out and explore, make mistakes. Because each time that you do, get a little bit closer to what you like or what you don't like or what you're here for or what you're meant to do and what you're not meant to do. Go out, be vulnerable, have some courage, make mistakes. And I thought, yeah, this is true because imagine if, for example, someone created a vacuum. And imagine if we were like, vacuum, sort your own life out. He'd be like, why is my nose so long? <laughs> he'd have to go out. He'd have to find manuals. <laughs> you know, He needs help along the way. <laughs> I don't know why I used a vacuum for an example. I was sitting here thinking, yeah, that vacuum would be like, why am I nose so long? Like, you don't know what you're here for. Go out and explore it. Another thing that I always think about too is Tony Romans. Obviously, I'm a massive fan, but he's like this seven foot man, massive chest, the biggest, deepest projecting voice you'll ever hear. And I always think that is not by chance. That is not by chance. This man is living his purpose. He's gone to the effort to figure out what it is. And now the rest of us get to be blessed with it. So yay, go out and work out what it is. Just like all those people today got to be blessed with me crying at the start of my aerobics class. <laughs> anyway, have a wonderful day. Bye.